Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kiseki Cast. I'm your host, Tyler, and joining me is my co-host, Josh. Hey, guys. It's me again. And we're here today with another, our second off-topic episode, where we're going to talk about East 8. It's off-topic, but it's still a Falcom game. That's right, and it's, uh, I believe, the first East game that either of us has played. Yep. Unless you count Tokyo Xanadu as an East game or a Trails game, then it's my second. Yeah, if and it's... I don't think you can count Tokyo Xanadu quite as uh, either or, because uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely a little bit of a hybrid. I guess you could say technically I played East 7 first, but I definitely oh. only tried it. Uh, I really, really don't like action-oriented games on a handheld, uh, and that it was a PSP game, uh, just because it feels button mashy and you're like shaking. Yeah. You're, you're you're almost like shaking the the screen itself, and it just uh-huh. it, it annoys me. Um, so I try not to play. Even when I played this game on Switch, the I would always have it. Uh, you know, where you take the Joy-Cons off and set the screen on the table or something. Oh, okay. You don't play it on a TV? Uh, I do, but if I if I go out somewhere, like if I'm uh, at work playing it on lunch or break or something like that. Uh-huh. But I did try well, it on... Well, that's the beauty of the Switch, though. That is the beauty of the Switch. I tried it on PSTV first, because that's it, I, I first tried it back when I was playing uh, Cold Steel 1 for the first time. And I just couldn't really get into it i wasn't that impressed by it i guess um and so i dropped it and didn't finish it on PSTV and only recently came back to it uh but i think part of what kind of warmed me up to it was the gameplay isn't super dissimilar from xenoblade chronicles 2 uh i don't know i don't know if i could say that because like Xenoblade Chronicles is, Xenoblade Chronicles Two is more of. I don't know how exactly to say it, but but East is definitely more button mashy than Xenoblade Chronicles Two. But I could see the resemblance in the way that it's like an open sandbox game for East Eight. You know. Yeah. Well, it's not like totally linear. It is definitely a little bit more button mashy. Uh, but you you have a, a party of, of characters that you're controlling, and you have different uh, button combinations for attacks and everything. Um, I've heard some people say that they like the uh, more action direct um, like control that you have for attacks in the in East Eight, because in Xenoblade Chronicles Two they have the like auto attack thing where you just auto attacks, like, yeah. Yeah, if you get close, then your character just starts attacking. But I think that because there was that somewhat similarity, it's not really close by any means, but there's a little bit of similarity with the party and the attack controls that I was kind of subconsciously training myself for a second attempt at, oh, at East Oh, I see what you mean. Like the skills that's on that ma- that's mapped on the directional buttons, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess we should mention the full title of the game, since I guess I only said East 8 at the beginning, but it's East 8 Lacrimosa of Dana, and I swear I'm going to say Dana by accident, so it's going to happen. Uh, I've definitely never met a Dana. I went to school with a few Danas, uh, so that's probably going to come out at some point. 
Um, but how many how many hours did you put into this game when you played? Um, I'd probably say I have forty five as of right now. Okay. I can't check my Switch like uh, play hours right now, but I would say that's a pretty close estimate to what I originally. Had. Yeah, it took me about 40, 45, and uh, for some reason, it felt like I was putting more time into it, and mm-hmm. you'd think that maybe... I just feel like there's like a lot that happened within the story that makes us like, wow, I've only been playing this long. Yeah, it, it that's, that's actually true, because it's not like I didn't like it. It's not like I was sitting there being like, oh my gosh, how much longer do I have to play this game? Um, but it felt like there was a lot more in it than the time that I was putting into it, actually. I do feel like that I grind a little bit because I fell a lot of levels that I felt felt like, oh geez, I need to catch up with these levels. Like, I'm not doing any, any, like, significant damage on, like, common mobs. Yeah, there was, there were a few times where suddenly I was like, oh, I need to upgrade all of my equipment right now. Uh... Uh-huh. It's not doing as much damage as it was. One of the, one of the things that I liked about it, you know, I like the music. I think it was another solid uh, performance. Sunset Coastline is an excellent first level music. It's really good, and I think it's like universally liked. Uh, I don't know what it is about it. It's it just feels even. It's actually kind of funny. It plays. You you first hear it after you're like shipwrecked, and yet it has uh-huh. this like. Like, it has, like, a kicking beat, but it also, for some reason, just makes me feel like I want to relax at the same time, which is kind the of... Vibe for it, the vibe of it for me was, like, it's time for another adventure, but for some reason, it reminds me a lot of, like, Sonic games. <laughs> yeah, I, know? I know, I can see what you mean. I can see what you mean. Uh, there's some other good ones, too. I'm not as familiar with the names... Uh, I know that some of the Eternian music was kind of cool. Oh yeah, good. That's good. Like the the mood, it the mood, it it it's like I don't know, ethereal or something. Mm-hmm. Or like you can tell that it's just like an ancient like civilization just from the music, you know. So one of the things that I think jumped out at me, as far as some of the sounds go, is. Uh, the voice actors, there's a lot of crossover with um, Trails series voice actors. I don't know if English it's... English voice actors, right? English voice actors, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that is something just like, they always pull from the same pool, maybe they have a contract with certain um, like talent agencies, if that's who these people work with. Um, uh-huh. I'm not really sure, but you've got, just, just from people that I could recognize... Uh, Sean Chiplock is Hummel, who is Reen Schwarzer. Hummel, yeah. You've got uh, the voice actress for Yuna is one of the castaways. Uh, the character that plays... Oh, I, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think her name is Allison. She's not someone that you can play as. Uh-huh. But she's one of the castaways. Uh, the char- the person that does Celine and Elise, I think that's the same person, does Laxia. Yeah, that's Laxia. Um... Tita is Donna, who is also uh, Princess Rosa Cosette Delise from Ace Combat Seven. So it's like three games. <laughs> that's a mouthful. Yeah, that's I have to, you have to say the whole name because she's royalty, right? Um, and 
So that's three games that I really like. Three three different series that I've really enjoyed recently uh, with the same voice actress. So that jumped out right away. Uh, and then, believe it or not, Rakota is Aryan Road. Oh my gosh, really? I didn't realize that. I had to How look... did I not... Oh my gosh. I had to look that one up because I knew I recognized um, the voice. But I looked it up and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Little Rakota is Aryan Road. <laughs> That's a mad range. And we can't forget Adel as original Agate too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it hearing some of those voices and so much crossover is something that I like and I don't think it takes you out of the story um, even if it's like the exact same voice and they're not really changing it I think it's just cool that you I can know. like identify stuff because it yeah. reminded me a bit of the game Valkyrie Profile um, not in gameplay or story or anything but in Valkyrie Profile they had voice actors it's like they went down the hall and they were recording for the Pokemon anime, and they were like, hey, we need a bunch of people for this video game. Because in Valkyrie Profile, Nurse Joy, Jesse, Ash, Gary, like, all those characters do voices in Valkyrie Profile. Wow. I do wonder if they recorded East 8's voiceovers at the same time as Ghost 3's, or if it's like... Hey, you sound great on East 8. Want to play this character in Cold 3? Mm, that's a good point because there's, it was Nisa. NISA did uh, East 8. That was the first one. And, of course, you know, it didn't turn out as well the first time. Um, and so people were a little bit judgmental when Cold Steel 3 got announced. But, uh-huh. yeah, you, you could be right. They Maybe... Uh, Nisa just works with uh, a lot of those actors. Oh, I feel like we should we should say this like as a, a disclaimer, but we've never played, or as, at least I've never played the original localization of East Eight because I played it on the Switch. So by default, I got the retranslated version. I actually, when I first played it, I played it on PS TV, which was the Vita version, and you don't have to update like it didn't force me and so I did notice a few of the original uh, poor translation choices like one of the things um, I can't remember exactly how the phrasing was but you know when you come upon like a new landmark and it shows it and it like has like a little pan of the camera uh, and it says something like oh are you talking about the archaeozoic big hole no, well, that would be one of the things, but just there's a bunch of different landmarks that you come across uh, on the island, and it'll say something generic like this unforgettable memory. But, like, uh-huh. in the original translation, it said something like irreplaceable memory or something. It was like, yeah, it makes uh-huh. sense, but it's not quite like, I, don't, I would not choose the word irreplaceable. In that situation, it just seemed a little weird. That was one that stuck out. I didn't get far enough to get to big hole, but um, I do I do know that one. How did you feel about the start of the game? Did you feel like it was a little bit cliche that you uh, get shipwrecked on a deserted island? Oh no, I love that actually. Like <laughs> one of my favorite shows is Survivor, and I've never seen oh, Lost true. yet. But man, like. A 
castaway story, I'll eat that up right away. <laughs> You're like, all right, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the concept of, like, looking for survivors, that's amazing. Like, I love it. Like, and then working together to, like, unblock, to unblock, like, obstacles and stuff. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah, I was I was just going with it. Uh, it's a little bit like if you're just taking it on surface level, it's um maybe a little bit cliche just because you're like, oh, of course you get shipwrecked on a deserted island. Um, but I think that you just have to go with it and enjoy the story. Um, to be honest, like I'm skipping ahead a few chapters, but like a shipwreck story, we're not expecting a murder mystery chapter <laughs> to happen like that was insane oh yeah let let me we'll come back to that in a second because i i have a couple of things i want to say about that um but uh so tell me about the um the extremely anime meeting of laxia i mean i didn't really mind it considering that my first battle game was no not considering my first like exposure to anything anime really not Aside from, like, Pokemon, like, my first anime of the degenerate kind was Food Wars. And if you've seen Food Wars, you'll know what I'm talking about. I have not. So I am that's, not. like, that's, like, relatively tame, but, I mean, it is anime. Yeah, I, I am completely unfamiliar. I don't even know if I've heard of that before. I, so I'll say right now, except for Pokemon, I never watched any anime at all until, like, two years ago i had played seven trails games before i'd watched any anime at all and i think it's only because i played trails and was like oh they can tell good stories within like this medium maybe i'll be interested in watching some anime Mm -hmm. i'll send you a gif right now just to see what i just so you can see what i watched as a first-time anime enjoyer. This is going to be a live on the podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Was anyone watching this with you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, <not. laughs> okay. That makes it a little bit... If you're, like, s- someone else was like, what are you watching? It could be worse. It could be worse, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely could be worse. <laughs> but, uh, moving on... <laughs> No, I was. I wanted to say, like, were you expecting dinosaurs to show up as early as it did? Uh, absolutely not, because I didn't know anything about this game, really. You know, I, I was just playing, and like, okay, we're stuck on an island, whatever. Um, and to have dinosaurs come in, although I do want to know, like, Laxia... So Laxia knew a lot about the, the primordials, as, as she called them. But, but what did she... What was in her book... That was so important that she had it strapped to her thigh. Oh, isn't that like her father's journal or something? I don't remember her ever like really referencing it or using it. Oh, you mean like her char- her character design has like a book on her like thigh? I don't know. Yeah, it's like this. <laughs> it's like this book holster, and it makes me think that like that book is super important, right? And. Yeah. And I it's I don't remember her like taking it out and reading it or, or anything or you know, I, I kind of expected it maybe that was her notes or her, her dad's notes and when they meet all these dinosaurs she's gonna whip it out and start like reading off the facts that she knows about them, but it never really happened. I do appreciate Laxia being like sort of 
uh, like the narrative of the ga- the the narrator of the game before Donna comes in because she's I mean she has to work with a silent protagonist. <laughs> well, yeah, and actually Adel says a couple of things here and there. It's all you know, like one words or okay or something like that. Okay, um. So I've never really played a lot of Zelda games, but is Adol more silent than Zelda, or is it the other way around? You mean Link? Yeah. Oh, why did I say Zelda? Yeah, Link. Um, I think, I mean, like, Link never really says anything except for, like, his grunts when he's swinging the sword, right? Yeah. So I guess technically, I I know that, like, historically Adol hasn't said very much. I think that he says the most in this game. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I haven't played uh, very many, obviously. I've, I've only, like, dinked around a little bit in 7. Um, okay, so afterwards, I think we're, at this point, we met, like, our third party member. I don't remember his name, gosh. Sahad? Sahad, yeah. Um... I think it's kind of funny that his weapon is like an anchor. Like, for some reason, he can move that around very easily. Like, it's so anime, it's ridiculous. <laughs> who who did you end up using out of the the characters that we get? Because we, we've oh. mentioned them all now. Because we, you know, we get Rakota and Hummel and then Donna eventually. Mm-hmm. I rotate the... I rotate a bunch, but... I... I'm more comfortable playing as Laxia, to be honest, but just because her attacks are so fast. Okay. Yeah, I liked her fast attacks, and it felt like early on there's a lot of flying enemies, and so because she... Yeah, and you're going to need a lot of piercing, too. Yeah, she's, like, really effective against those, so I use that a lot, but... Also, I don't know if this is just, like, for a fact, but I feel like Laxia runs faster than the rest. I don't know. Oh, I think you're right. I mean, she's definitely faster than Sahad, because I would switch uh-huh. to her a lot to run. But my my preferred team, I think, was was Donna, Rakota, and then I would switch be- switch between uh, Adol and Laxia. Mm-hmm. I think the most difficult character for me to play was Hummel, which is too bad because I do enjoy Hummel's character. But I don't know he's too slow for me. But if I wanted to, like, just throw a team I always do like one pierce one slash and then one what's the other weapon type I don't remember what the wep- the other weapon type is but usually I go with the first three characters Adolexia mm. and Sahad interesting so you didn't you didn't swap in uh, Donna very much I do but very rarely but when I do I don't play as Donna I play as Laxia okay I really liked Donna's weapons I mean I'm a big fan of dual wield like anything um uh-huh. and then heard of like weapons of these giant like basically half circles and I thought that uh-huh. was pretty cool what did you think of the the raids that we have to go on did you like them did you think they were tedious they they are a little tedious but they're kind of they're they were fun at first but when the story gets going and then little Paro just arrives and like, oh no, <laughs> the camp's been raided. I'm like, oh my gosh, not not at this moment. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. It was, there were, it felt a little tedious at times um, because of exactly what you said. The story's going and then suddenly we have to have like a speed bump or something like that. 
to, mm-hmm. to slow us down. Uh, I didn't completely hate them, but they definitely felt a little bit... Uh, I got a little bored of them after a while. As an optional mode, I do enjoy like tower defense type of things, mm-hmm. but if it's like blocked in the middle of the story, then I probably will... I will play it, I, I'm just not going to enjoy it. <laughs> How did you like the design of the island itself? Like it, it's kind of split into two halves, and there's a lot of different and distinct areas that you can go to. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was okay, but I think my favorite part was definitely like the coastline. Mm. But um, it's kind of interesting to see how once you get over the mountain, it it basically changes. Like it looks like you time-traveled a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the coastline is a little bit more open uh, and for you to, like, run around and go places. And the second half of the island definitely feels, uh, like... Linear. Yeah, and, like, cut off, too. Like, you do everything on the first half before you can go to the second half, really. I think there's, like, one spot that you can't fully explore on the first half of the island before you go to the yeah. second. Also, I think this game is missing a snow level, but I just enjoy snow levels. So, I'm a little biased towards that. And they do talk about it getting cold, don't they, when you're you're climbing up to the the halfway? Oh. True, true. But yeah, the you could always use a snow snow section. But I like the the splitting of it into two halves a little bit just cuz it definitely gives like a strong uh, mark for where, like the the Donna uh, part of the story comes in. Oh, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Like, I thought the setting being an island, it limits on what what uh, places you get to explore. But you know, like time traveling wasn't exactly something that I expected in this game and then having Donna like having like multiple modes of during combat like I mean I will use them but it's too bad that it's not available on the current on like the present timeline when she's available of like as a party member yeah and and it's kind of weird because like some of the different colors and the abilities that she have are, are really cool looking but it feels like underbaked like, they could have done a lot more with it. Like, maybe they planned to, and for some reason, like, it didn't come to fruition. Uh-huh. I do think that it's kind of like an experiment on, like, the different movement you get on East 9. I, I don't know. It prob- probably is. I mean, I played a demo of East 9, and, like, you can, like, walk through walk on walls or something like that. I downloaded that demo, but I haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. Still planning oh. to, because I'm going to get East 9 on Switch when it comes out. Same, same. Now, uh, uh, moving to talk a little bit more about the story specifically, like, I enjoyed the story as a whole, and it felt very um, episodic and sometimes maybe even a little bit, like, segmented, if I can say that. Uh, I was expecting something, coming from Trails, I was expecting something a little bit more centrally focused. Uh, where you, where you know, getting off the island is is obviously the goal, but everything would be about that for or something. Um, and we get lots of different uh, pieces of 
the story. Like, the first part is getting shipwrecked and, like, trying to figure out what you're going to do, collecting the castaways, um, and that starts out really prominent and important as what you're doing at the beginning, and maybe, like, a third of the way through, you're still picking up castaways all the way until the end of the game but uh-huh. it feels like totally not important after the first like third of the game right uh-huh. and that felt a little bit weird to me like I guess as you're as adults having more dreams about Donna's time then you want to know more about that and you're like I don't care if we meet this like this guy that we was on the ship like that doesn't matter to me uh uh-huh. But I will say I really liked some of the, and I, I called this the Scooby-Doo segments of the the game, and that's the serial killer part and the ghost ship part. Uh-huh. Because it okay, seems... Okay, I did not enjoy the ghost ship part, but No? <laughs> no? Okay, I, I guess I liked it because it felt, it felt like a Scooby-Doo episode, right? There's this, uh-huh. like... Oh, lo- oh no, a ghost ship. And then you go on the ship and you, like, fight some stuff. And then it, like, solves itself. Um, it just <laughs> felt like a like a fun little story. Uh, but the the serial killer part, what you... This is... Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I did not expect uh, the serial killer to be that person, but... After like going through the story, like why did I why did I see that coming? Like there's spoiler alert, three, two, one. Why 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 is there two doctors on the island? That should set an alarm for me already. Mm, that's true. But I mean, I guess I don't know why there's a serial killer on the boat. To be honest, like what was the deal? Did they ever say why he was there in the first place? I don't think so. I think it was just unless it was from a different game that there was a serial killer in a different game uh in in the one I can't remember what what country he was supposed to be from. Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't paying attention to like the East universe as a whole considering this is my first game. Yeah, I don't know but too if it's much. Something that carries over from previous game if anyone's listening at all like and knows what we're talking about, just let us know. We'll be glad to like learn something new. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. We forgot to tell... Since this is an off-topic episode, the, the order and the how we're going to do stuff is a little bit thrown off. But uh, now that we're halfway into this episode, Josh, do you want to tell people where they can follow you? Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at Valleluxa and then I guess you can follow me on Tumblr too but I rarely post there but if you want to see like Shiba Inu pictures you can follow me on Tumblr at Valleluxa too so get to following (laughs) I'm never leaving Tumblr until they shut us down I'm a member of the Wasteland Um, you can follow me at Trails in the Sky Uh, there's a dash after Trails and before Sky uh, and you can also follow my Pokemon podcast if you want to. I am co-host on there with three friends. It's called Elite Four, a retro Pokemon tournament podcast. I'll put the link somewhere. We talk about old Pokemon games and, uh, I guess, talk about the glory days. 
Okay, getting back to the episode, um, let's see. We're still talking about the serial killers, right? Yes. Well, okay, if, well, if you have anything more to you say. Sad? Were you sad when the cap? Uh, I forgot his name. Captain Barbados? Captain Barbaros? Barbaros, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I felt sad that he had to die, but I mean, we didn't really had that much time to like get to know him, I feel like. It felt, it felt, um, I wouldn't say I was sad, but it felt a little bit like, oh, of course he's, like, the one. Mm-hmm. You know? like. And it just sucks because it had to be, the like, a little girl that we just probably met that, you know, he had to sacrifice himself for. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what are you doing here? And then she just wears his coat for the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it felt a little bit weird, especially because um, you lose the serial killer, too, because he gets eaten, and that makes your castaway count go down, and then you can't have as many people to move objects to access new parts of the island. Yeah, and I think you also lose the pompous, like, noble. I forgot his name, too. Like, Sir Carlin? Yeah, that guy sucks. Uh-huh. I hate that guy. Did you end up rescuing him at towards the end of the game? Yeah, he comes back, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so not only did you lose, like, two characters, but you also lose Sir Carl, which takes a hit on your castaway total. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter all that much, considering the, um, the pace you get castaways if you're exploring every mm-hmm. inch of the island. But, yeah. Yeah, the... I think after that point, though, that story kind of picks up. It does. And, like, you know, after you finish some of those other segments, uh, you get into the biggest, longest one, the most important one, the Donna slash Eternian segment. Um, and it's kind of odd. Like, when I went into the game, the game kind of presents itself as being about Donna, right? Like, you know it's going to be about Adel, but... Uh-huh. It kind of presents itself about being about Donna, and honestly, like, you kind of only get snippets about her until, like, the halfway point, right? Um, yeah. Did you like that as a story decision, or did you wish that we had more of her early on? I actually wish that we started the game with Donna first, and then have the shipwreck, like, the adult being shipwrecked maybe a second chapter or at least have a prologue about Donna because like it's kind of weird when the focus shifts to, to Donna after playing as adult the first half of the game you know Mm-hmm. yeah I definitely wanted to see a little bit more of her and I can kind of see what you mean like if you started out and you saw the city and then so you saw how it was in ancient times you know all built up and everything and then you see it later as ruins before Adel meets her. Um, instead, you kind of see it like... I guess you kind of see it in that order because you don't get to the ruins until uh, after Adel has some dreams you get to control her a little bit. But I think because she's like on the box art so prominently, like right, it's like Adel and, and Donna, they're like 50-50. Uh, I expect a little bit more earlier on uh, than what we yeah, got. Yeah, you get to see her as... You get to see her alone on the title screen, too. Yeah. Which, by the way, the opening, uh, like, cinematic... I, I like the the opening to the, the music to that. It has, like, a really, like, melancholy feel to it. True. 
And what about the Eternian world? I really like it because it's, um, it's, I really like ancient stuff. That was something that I studied in college. I had kind of a focus in ancient history. And so I'm kind of a sucker for stuff like that. It's just really interesting. And uh, I wanted to see more of it. I think what confused me the most is why is Donna like the shortest Eternian? Like, they didn't really like I don't know if it's if I don't know if it's just me because I haven't finished the game yet although I will I am close to finishing it but Donna why is Donna like the shortest attorney like everyone else is like sky high tall you know I don't think they really explain that but she is still tall like she's like as tall as Adel yeah it's just she's she's, like, she's just the smallest she's like attorney hu- she's like human human tall but attorney and short you know yeah yeah it's which which brings me another thing it's it's kind of interesting when you get to the the evolution cycle that they talk about like where there's like purposeful restarts for the world that doesn't really make sense to me like if it's if they're wiping out the current generation how is how did the next generation start well and on top of that why are the attorneys and the humans almost exactly the same where the other ones we see are completely different yeah and another one why is Sarai close to being close to looking like a human too if she was the pre oh yeah if she was the previous if she was from the previous generation you know then again that that also that's also my question why is Adol and Donna look why does Adol and Donna look similar if they're like a generation apart it is kind of weird i'm not really sure why there would be so many similar uh choices i guess so many similar and that's another thing why is sarai like the queen of the eternians how did that happen if she was from the previous generation see there's a lot of questions about that but they probably are answered if i finish the game but i haven't but you probably know more than i do you're real close to finishing it sounds like though how long did it take you to uh pin the mysterious hooded figure on sarai two seconds maybe <laughs> yeah it didn't I take mean, it's me not, long it's not like a big like c tire reveal or anything but like if you have a common sense you could probably you know know it right off the bat yeah it, it did not take me long at all to pick that out it seemed pretty obvious what i did not understand was there was like a person that donna is always chasing after when she's exploring the dungeon i think i don't know her name i don't remember her name but she has pink hair but i just wanted to ask if she has any significance in the story because so far i don't know from the where i am but i'm pretty sure i'm very close because i have 20 castaways i just unlocked like a dungeon that requires 20 castaway. And I'm pretty sure my next destination is the final dungeon, but I haven't gone there yet. Oh, that's right. She, Yeah, she's the physical manifestation of the soul of the first maiden of the great tree. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So she's like, and she's trying to get Donna to, uh, like, learn some more. Right? She's like, kind Uh of leading her to learn certain thing so here's the important question josh do you have a crush on donna 
What? I, I thought know. we all did. No. What? No. I like Glatia. <laughs> I'm a big on. I'm big on those Sundari girls. That's true. You were a fan of Elisa, although you didn't really get to be a huge fan of. She wasn't really a huge Sundari uh, girl for very long. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like it's because she's just like I don't. I don't know, but I think it's because she's just the narrator of the first part of the game that made me, like, like her more. You imprinted. But, I mean, I mean, Donna is precious, don't get me wrong, but, like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I like the blue hair. Yeah, it's not working. It's not working out <laughs> for me. No offense to Donna fans. That's right. So, I believe you can send all hate mail to uh, Vanalexite on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I forgot. Um, did you have no? Did you finish the uh, side quests like when you were fighting that big monkey? Yeah, I did all of them. You did? Mm-hmm. Wow. And did you one hundred percent all locations? Yes. That's actually pretty easy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, mad props. Like I got too lazy towards the end. I, I don't know, I think... I began with around the time I had, like, Falcom burnout. So, I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> yeah, the... the I mean, I still have Falcom... I still have Falcom burnout. Like, I was expecting to play Cold Steel 4 when the Switch came out. Or when the Switch version came out. I still haven't gotten back to it. Like, oh my gosh. It was very tiring. Yeah, I actually thought the 100% map was pretty easy because it you don't really have to like cover every single corner. If you just like get kind of close, it like counts a whole big section of it. Oh, okay. I was just wondering because there was there were a lot of like question marks on my map, but I can't see where it's supposed to. No, I can't see where it's supposed to be, but I can't exactly tell what triggers it so the question mark leaves. So I don't know. It's probably a specific area. Yeah, you'll get it. <laughs> also, one more thing that I don't like about this game, like, I have a lot of praise for this game, but one thing that I don't like is how you have to equip, like, certain equipment just to do things. Like, you have to equip this glove to climb, or, like, these boots to walk on, I don't know, water, I guess. Or, like, this feather to double jump. Like, why can't this, why can't this be always on? I don't have, I don't have, like, I don't want to equip two things and then re-equip things just to do a certain thing. Yeah, that is a really weird choice. I'm not sure why it would be like that because it it's not like um it's not like you're attacking most of them, you know. Yeah. It's just like you have to climb some vines or whatever that just it was really weird. That that was kind of an odd choice. I I we should probably end this episode before... Uh, no, we should probably uh, end on a positive note because it will probably leave a bad taste on everyone's mouth. Yeah, I mean, I like this game. To be completely honest, I fully expect this game to be in my top five for the year. Mm-hmm. I think it was in my top five on the year. I mean, I guess that's cheating because I still haven't finished it, but I did enjoy the experience. I will pick it up and finish it again at some point but i mean i'm almost done so i can technically count that as you know clear oh yeah and and i liked it enough that i pre-ordered the east nine on switch and i'm gonna get the 
this, the collector's edition just because I had a lot of fun with the game. It was something oh. that was different enough from uh, Trails, but still was Falcom, and I was I liked the story, I liked the characters, I liked the music. It was, I mean, I would recommend this game to any action RPG fan for sure. Mm-hmm. And the Switch version is coming up soon. It's in July, it looks like. Yep, I'm... I got a couple. I got planned out. How I'm gonna play? I think so. We'll we'll see if I can meet the the pl- the schedule that I have for my games before East Nine comes out. <laughs> well, you gotta tell me what what's on your schedule. Uh, so I gotta finish Cold Steel Four. Again. After, <laughs> after I play that, I'm going to play Sly Cooper Two. Oh. I played the first one earlier in the year, and it was pretty good. So I'm planning on playing the second one, which is supposed to be the best one. And uh-huh. if I still have time, I'm going to try to play Sun and Moon. Mm, you have to have a lot of time for that. But, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. So East 8 has a couple of endings. You've got the bad ending, so to speak. Uh, and it's definitely a little lackluster. You know, you've kind of got this overall feeling. Your characters kind of have this overall feeling where they're missing something or forgetting forgetting something, uh, but they all still get off the island. Um, uh, but as long as you do every quest that shows up, you should be able to hit the requirements to see the good ending. I think I had to look up one special additional quest in order to hit the like um, the point, uh, the quest point. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, mark in order to get the the true ending um and that is it's really cool because you get to see where all the main characters go afterward you know like i thought it was cool that rakota gets to go off and see the world and uh laxia gets to go out explore with her her dad and it just it was pretty cool um but it was kind of my big wish that donna could go where she wanted and I mean, she does become the goddess of evolution, so why is she tied to the island, right? She's a goddess. Can't she go where she wants? Maybe not permanently, but can't she, like, pop over somewhere and visit Adol or something or visit some of the other people that she met on the island? just seems like that would have been kind of cool. Instead, she seems like she's forever tied to this this island with the the other, um, what do they call the other evolution uh, people. It just would have been cool to me if she could go see some of these uh, places. And, and maybe in the future, uh, if other East games that we play that take place after this, uh, maybe you could run into Donna somewhere. Uh, because some of the characters that we see in East 8 were from previous ones, ones that had shown up pre- uh, before. And I think that would have been kind of cool. Maybe she doesn't have to have a big role, but because she was the main character, maybe this is actually just my trails fan bleeding over into other games where i want more interconnected pieces and east has kind of not been so much that each game is very uh standalone uh with some pieces that connect across but that was just my opinion uh but i will say in the end who would have known that donna would kill charles darwin and then take his job (laughs) 